is always one of my favorite weekends of the year and always one of the hardest weekends of the year. It's both painful and tender. It is sad and joyful. It is holy and sacred as we remember the saints who are not just the names on a page, but whose lives and hearts have intersected our own. Yesterday, the boys and I went to see the movie that just came out, uh, The Nutcracker and the Four Realms, and um, the movie itself was okay. I don't think it's going to win any awards, but there's a great line toward the end of the movie, and one of the characters is is telling another one, saying to Clara, "I I will miss you, and Clara says, it's okay, because when you miss someone, you are remembering them. And one day, that will bring a smile to your face. When we miss someone, we are remembering them. And we're missing a lot of people this weekend. Missing a lot of of saints who have died in this last year. But even as we miss them, we are remembering them. And maybe today, that will bring a smile to your face. Maybe not so much today, but it will eventually. The remembering, even in the longing, will bring a smile. So today, as we miss our loved ones and as we remember them, let us pray. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your word to us, that it would take hold of us and renew us. And I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is a quote by Dr. Colin Parks. The pain of grief is just as much part of life as the joy of love. It is perhaps the price we pay for love, the cost of commitment. To ignore this fact or to pretend that it is not so is to put on emotional blinders which leave us unprepared for the losses that will inevitably occur in our own lives and unprepared to help others cope with losses in theirs. The depth of our pain and the loss of a loved one really is reflective of the depth of our love. For them. And loss is an inevitable, inevitable part of life. We don't get through life without experiencing the pain of loss and grief. Some, some people experience this pain, get a taste of this pain early on in life, and for some, it comes later. Tonight, we're gathered around the pain of loss that we experience when someone dies. But physical death isn't the only experience of loss and pain that we have. Pain of loss can be experienced in relationships when relationships are broken or betrayed. It can be experienced in expectations or in hopes and dreams that are unfulfilled. Loss and the pain of loss can be felt through illness and accident and tragedy. The the pain of loss can be sudden and unexpected, or it can be something that we kind of grow into and expect to come. We are handed this kind of pain related to sometimes our jobs and 
our finances, and our place in life. We can know the pain of loss in our own bodies, our own minds, our own hearts, our own spirits, as well as the pain of loss in connection with other people, in connection with our our parents or our children, with our spouses and our friends and our siblings, with with coworkers and neighbors. We can experience the, the pain of loss with people in our community and in our nation and our brothers and sisters around the world. None of us is exempt from the pain of loss. And none of us is alone in the pain of loss. And none of our suffering has to be in vain or without hope. Paul writes to the Romans, Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Many of us would trade uh, the character that we've developed for the loss we've experienced, right? Sometimes we'd rather not have to have character, right? But the suffering that we all experience in life at some point in some way is not in vain, and it is not without hope. Because of God's spirit, because of God's presence with us, because of God's power and God's promise and God's love, because we stand in this grace, we've obtained access to this grace in which we stand, this love of God in which we stand. Because of that, even in the midst of life, when all is not well around us, we can say, it is well with my soul. This is Horatio Spafford. Horatio Spafford, uh, in 1871, was a successful attorney in Chicago and was heavily invested in real estate in the Chicago area. In 1871, there was a great fire in Chicago that destroyed much of the investment that he had. Around that same time, his four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. In his grief and in his loss, he, he worked tirelessly to rebuild Chicago and to help all of the people, 100,000-plus people who were left homeless because of the fires. In 1873, he decided that he and his wife, Anna, and their daughters, they had four daughters, would take a trip, that they would go on vacation, that they would sail across the Atlantic and spend some time in England and, and on vacation. He was pretty close to D.L. Moody and Ira Sankey, who were two evangelists of the time. And his plan was that they would go to some of their evangelistic meetings in England, and then they would just be on vacation together. And, and so in November of 1873, uh, they were set to sail, and at the last minute, he had to stay in New York City. He was detained for business reasons, and so he decided to go ahead and send his wife and his daughters on ahead. 
And so they boarded this ship, the Ville d'Avre, and uh, a French luxury ship that set sail. And on the way, that ship ran into another shipping vessel and sank. This is the wreck of that ship. 226 people, passengers, died, including all four of Spafford's daughters. And 27 people lived 47 people survived, including his wife, Anna. When Anna got to Wales, she sent a telegram. You're not going to be able to really read this very well, but it's a picture of the actual telegram. Maybe you can make out kind of on the left in the center, it says, saved alone. This was the message that Spafford got from his wife after the ship had been hit and sunk and their daughters had perished. He got on the next ship that he could to get to his wife. And along the way, uh, at one point along the way, the captain uh, pulled him over and said, "Uh, I think this is about the place where the ship sank. And so Horatio Spafford stood there on the deck of the ship that he was on in the night, unable to sleep. And what he said was, It is well. It is well. And he would later go on to write the hymn we have sung tonight, It is well with my soul. That first verse, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. If you, uh, at a different point in time, if you, if you look at the hymnal, in the, at, the, uh, at this hymn, uh, in the hymnal, the hymn will write at the bottom of the page, it will tell you who wrote the words, and it will also tell you the tune, who created the tune for the hymns that we sing. The name of the tune for It Is Well is the Ville de Havre. The name of the ship that sank became the name of the tune to which we sing, It Is Well With My Soul. Whatever my lot, whatever my lot, whatever this broken world throws at us, whatever pain and suffering, whatever heartache and loss, whatever sorrow and disappointment, when we know that our hope is in Christ, when we know that God sees us and hears us and knows us and loves us, when we know that we are not alone, then whatever is happening in us and to us, good or bad, We can say, it is well with my soul. Proclaiming it is well with my soul doesn't deny or diminish the reality of our pain and loss. Proclaiming it is well with my soul is about both acknowledging the reality of our loss and our pain and claiming and living in the truth of who we are in Christ. It is about feeling all of the feelings that come when life doesn't turn out the way that we thought it would, when we're upended by pain and suffering. Feeling all of those feelings and landing on the truth. And the truth is that God is with us 
In Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Jesus means, Emmanuel is the word for Jesus, which means God is with us in Christ. God is with us. In the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, God is with us. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. The truth is God is with us. The truth is no matter what happens to us, no matter where we are or how we feel, there's nothing that can separate us from God's love for us. Paul writes later to the Romans, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The truth is God is with us, and there's nothing that can separate us from God's love for us. And the truth is that though we may feel the sting and pain of loss and grief, though the separation we feel when our loved ones die seems so deep. Not even death can truly separate us from God's love for us or from our love for one another. The joy that comes in remembering is that a word or a smell or a thought or a place brings that person right back into our midst. That's the gift of being connected by God's Spirit Part of who we are is because of who they are. And that doesn't ever change. Absent in body, they are still with us in spirit. Ruth Jones isn't here tonight, but a number of years ago she sent me a a poem. And it's about this separation that we perceive. This is what the poem says. Even for the dead, I will not bind my soul to grief. Death cannot long divide. For it is not as though, is it not as though the rose that climbed my garden wall has blossomed on the other side? Death doth hide, but not divide. Thou art but on Christ's other side. Thou art with Christ, and Christ with me. In Christ united, still are we. In Christ, we are still connected to those who have died, whose spirits have left their physical body. We are still connected to them because we are in Christ. When we come to the table in just a minute, We gather at this table with all of the saints. 
with all of the saints who have come before us and all of the saints who will follow after us. When we come to the table, to this table, the veil between now and not yet, the veil between today and eternity is so thin because it is Christ who meets us at this table along with all of the saints, reminding us in this meal that we're going to share the depth of God's love for us, the bread of life, the cup of salvation, the forgiveness and the the mercy and the reconciliation. When we come to this table, we do not come alone. We come and we commune with Christ and with one another. So as you come to the table, in just a moment, I invite you to allow your heart and your mind to be met here by the saints who have particular importance to you. To know that every time we come to communion, It's a gathering of all the saints in our lives. Allow yourself to be met here by them, to hear them say, it is well. So that we might find strength to say the same. Whatever my lot, it is well with my soul. Let us pray. Almighty God, the the pain that we experience sometimes is so deep and seems to go on forever. The loss that, that we experience when loved ones die is sometimes beyond what we even have words for. We pray, O God, that you would help us know that you have poured out your spirit upon us, that in your spirit, in Christ, we remain connected to those who have gone before. Lord, help us as we miss them to know that in the missing we are remembering, and in the remembering may we find joy. Comfort our hearts. O Lord, and remind us that whatever it is that comes our way, because you love us, because we stand in your grace, we truly can say it is well with our soul. Help us to also be comfort to one another, whatever it is that surrounds us in these journeys of life we walk together. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.